This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Hello and welcome to a special episode of our BeWell podcast. This episode is being recorded in our University of Aberdeen Doha campus as part of our BeWell week activities. I'm Becca Walker, your host, and I'm joined by a lovely new panel of guests today for today's episode that will discuss social anxiety and how to live with it. And now I'm going to hand you over to our guests to introduce themselves to our listeners and telling us who they are and what they do here at AFG College with the University of Aberdeen. Thank you. Um, my name is Dr. Nadia Degama and I'm one of the senior lecturers here at uh, AFG College, University of Aberdeen. I'm also the undergraduate program leader for business management and joint programs. Hi, my name is Minahil and I'm a fourth year accountancy and finance student here at the University of Aberdeen. Uh, hi, my name is Aman Amin, and I'm a year for uh, accounting and finance students as well at the University of Aberdeen. Hey everyone, I'm Yana. I'm a fourth year business management student. I'm uh, also the student ambassador for the University of Aberdeen Doha campus. Um, very, very interested in well-being. A few years ago, I was in Alsa as the well-being officer. So obviously, when I was given the opportunity to jump on this podcast, I was like, absolutely, let's go. <laughs> So very, very excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I'm really looking forward to our discussions today. And thanks so much for joining me for this episode. I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. Um, So since the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people have been feeling nervous about socialising and enjoying seeing each other again. Many people can constantly worry about social situations and it can affect their everyday activities, self-confidence, relationships, and even their work and study life. So what uh, do you guys feel are the main differences and similarities between general anxiety and social anxiety? What are your thoughts? I mean, I guess from a, from a very pragmatic, def- you know, from a definition perspective, obviously, the social element is huge. You know, we can't escape the fact that it's anxiety related to interacting with people or actually being put in a situation where we are um, perhaps in a bit larger crowd or situations that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you said, Becca, about the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of times we were literally put indoors and then catapulted quite overnight to say, everything's back to normal now, <laughs> do what we were doing, which again, and I think when you think about it with respect to high school students transitioning to university, and I, I'll leave you guys to talk about that, um, there wasn't that room for that growth. Yeah. You know, it was all assumed that because we did it before, you just knew how to do it. But it, it was a very, it, our world has changed massively in that time. But. Yeah, I mean, um, anxiety comes in a lot of different shapes and forms. And it can um, start off with pretty much any reason. Social anxiety in particular, I feel, has become a lot more, I wouldn't say, probably more common since the pandemic and a lot more um, frequent. There's a lot more talk about it just because it is a very, very sudden change from being forced to be indoors, being forced to be comfortable alone, to having to go out and be quote-unquote back to normal again. Um, but there's a lot of differences with how it was back then and how it is now. So, But I think, Yana, you raise a really interesting point because you know we talk always about, I guess, the negatives of the COVID-19 pandemic. But what I've noticed is while perhaps people are feeling social anxiety more, I get the sense that people are also a bit more comfortable saying, actually, yeah, I have it. And maybe it's that camaraderie of feeling the same angst together. Um, whereas in the past, in my own experiences, knowing people who have who are suffering from anxiety, not necessarily social anxiety, 
it was sort of like an alone. It was a, a feeling that they had alone. So in, a, in an ironic way, social anxiety is experienced socially, if that makes sense, and people feel comfortable discussing it. I mean, today is a prime example of that, um, which I like to think of as maybe that's a it's a good thing, and an awareness of it, and podcasts like this is helping is helping with that. I think that um, anxiety is a uh, is something you feel not everyone, but it's something you feel in general on a day to day when you're experiencing day to day things. Social anxiety, however, it's restricted to social situations. And like uh, Dr. Nadia and Yana mentioned earlier, it has skyrocketed uh, because of the pandemic. Um, yes, we were, we were quarantined for a pretty long time. We were only interacting with our parents or you know, the people we were in quarantine mm-hmm. with. And right after that, we, for example, us university students, we came back to our universities and we didn't know how to act, you know? Even though it's something we've been doing our entire lives, we were going to school, we were going to uni as normal, but right after the pandemic, a lot changed. And we were just kind of expected to know, but we didn't. So for me personally, I can say that it has definitely skyrocketed. So, yeah. I think that's the key, right? You know, apologies for the for the system that we, I guess, but it's what you said, that key that we were expected to. Mm-hmm. And I think that ex- that idea of that being expected to puts extra pressure on exactly, us. Exactly. So whether you already suffer from anxiety, yeah. then being, as I said, pushed into a social context, that's just going to exasperate and one of those feelings comes from us. And I feel like social anxiety has become a lot more common now. And I feel like a lot of people have just started to speak up now. Before pandemic, I feel like a lot of people just try to hide about it because we would face like social events on a daily basis. But now that we understand each other, people have actually come up and actually started to speak about it and they're being vocal about it. So I think that's the best part about this, that we're talking and actually sharing about our experiences and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think that has been one of the positives from the pandemic is that people, although we're feeling super alone and isolated during the pandemic but it's now been normalized a little bit more mm-hmm. that it's okay to to talk about how about how you're feeling and once you open up about how you're feeling to your friend or your colleagues or whoever they're likely to have felt something really really similar and um, certainly after the pandemic as well like I don't really feel like I've suffered from anxiety until the pandemic and after the pandemic I think with like you say being put indoors and having to, to quarantine and, and isolate and suddenly it's like, oh, come back to campus. Um, I remember, I think it was last year, um, we had our big welcome week activities for students and we're meant to be on campus and, you know, welcome all the students in, into Aberdeen. And suddenly, like, I was like, you know, I had stuff to do. I was planning to like, be there and I was like walking to work and I was like just really, really nervous about, um, you know, loads of people being there from there not being anyone the previous year. So, yeah, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely, I think, manifested in a lot of people um, since since the pandemic. And it can be really difficult to open up about how social anxiety affects us, and it will affect all of us in slightly different ways, and of course, different severities as well. And I wonder if any of you guys would feel comfortable sharing your own stories, your own experience of how social anxiety has impacted your lives personally. Well, I'm, social anxiety, again, is very different to each and every person. The one thing that not only just for me, but with all my friends and everyone talking about this, because like everyone said, the conversation is starting to become a lot more common and a lot more normalized. Um, social anxiety is, to me, being in a social situation and feeling like 
you don't fit in or feeling like you're too into your own head, too um, hyper fixated on what I look like, what I um, sound like, if my clothes fit weird, if I'm acting strange, if it sounds weird, if I'm smelling strange, if all these thoughts kind of happen in your head or um, a big one is what if the conversation I'm having with someone is not interesting enough? What if I, what if they just want to leave? What if I'm being um, annoying, for instance, or talking about something that's not fun? But um, one thing that I like to remind myself, which really does calm me down, is that nobody is really paying as much attention to you as you think. So everybody's too fixated on what they look like, on what they're saying, on what they want to do. And as for conversations being interesting, I feel like humans biologically are just interested in what the other person has to say. So that's why we listen to podcasts. That's why we talk to people. That's why we watch YouTube. That's why we are obsessed with social media. We like to know what humans are thinking and feeling. We're innately interested in it. So that was really comforting for me if I feel like I'm really anxious or feel uncomfortable in a social situation. It's really not that serious. I try to remind myself in my head, maybe that's a comfort to other people, but um, it's not as much of a big deal as you make it seem in your own head. So I think from my perspective, I mean, of course, my job requires me to stand up in class every day and act like I know what I'm talking about. And I think what, Jan, you know, piggybacking off what Yana said in the sense that we are, I think, probably our worst critiques in that way, in the sense that, you know, and I, I engage in what we call mental, mental rehearsals, not necessarily what I'm going to say, but how the lecture will take place or whatnot. And at the end of the day, if for whatever reason that lecture didn't perform in the, or I didn't perform in the way that I wanted to, and I think, yeah, this is the great point, no, students are not going to know. It was me, and I think that I'm sort of my own worst enemy in that way because I was like, oh, yeah, that was an important study I forgot to say. Um, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I could post it on Blackboard and say, by the way, here's an interesting article. So I think it's this idea of we constantly are interrogating ourselves. And I think what you said is just being a little bit more gracious to ourselves, kinder to ourselves. Um, a colleague of mine said this. They were like, if we were how we were to ourselves, to our best friend, chances are that best friend would not be our best friend. Because if, for example, I said, oh my God, look at my hair this morning, look at whatnot. But if I said that to you as my best friend, you'd be like, why are you being so mean to me? You know. So I think, why are we that unkind to us and not, you know, if we're so much kinder to others? If we treat ourselves the way we treat the people we love, it would make a lot more difference. Yeah. So we wouldn't treat, for example, our best friends the way we treat us or ourselves, or we wouldn't talk to them the way we talk to ourselves. Um, like what Yana said, in most situations, we're just into our heads a little too much. We're thinking too much. We're talking to ourselves too much. It's Other people aren't noticing what we're noticing. They're just there. And they're, they're honestly just enjoying the conversation. So I believe like social anxiety is a form of self-torture where you're just like, telling yourself mean things that you shouldn't be saying and then it just hurts a lot and you end up doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. But I feel like different people just pull off social anxiety a bit differently. For example, some people just pull it off so confidently, but some people just, just, just have a breakdown in front of everyone. We just need to tell ourselves that it's fine, it's okay to feel uncomfortable, but we're all doing good. And I think, but I think this is sort of like the paradox of this idea of being in our heads too much, because on one hand, yes, we're in our heads too much, but you know, as, as we're also taught about the importance of 
reflection and reflecting on an experience to learn from that. But I think if that idea of that reflection ends up being destructive, how yeah. you're saying, you know, it's that circle of destruction versus using that reflection to say, for example, Zen's like, it wasn't that bad. You know, I, I'll take maybe perhaps there were elements I could have learned from, but it rather taking it and letting it just downward spiral using it to some force of good but i think the main thing of that is us reminding ourselves that we are okay we're all all right you know one thing i like to say to myself after i have like a like a, a critiquing thought or like a bad thought saying like oh um that conversation was really boring okay and somebody thought you look weird in that dress okay and yeah there's worse things that could happen. Because that's what your best friend would say to you yeah. if you met them and said that. They would do that. So it's like, why are we not doing it to ourselves? Exactly. You, know? you kind of have to look at it from a bird's eye view. It's like, is, is it really that big of a deal? Is it in the grand scheme of things? But I think that also takes time. So for example, if you are in an event, let's say you're at a career networking event, um, which you guys were in last week, you're speed dating, which of course, high intensity, trying to make that good impression. Um, I also would say that there's also beauty in not trying to do that bird's eye view straight away i think that there's a lot of value and beauty in uh, pause and time yes. because time also provides perspective right and you know we learn about this with reactions we get an email we're so quick to respond and it's like well save it a day give it 24 hours well then we'll, how will you reply same thing for ourselves our own sort of self-critique maybe let's not get into that analysis so quickly and you know eat ourselves up about it maybe reflect on it the morning after yeah, we are not so tired yeah, and I think like as we we kind of said before, like social anxiety and anxiety in general, I guess, can affect everyone in different severities as well. And I think certainly with social anxiety, people can be worried about like before the situation. They can be worried about maybe being laughed at or judged harshly. Maybe if you're standing up presenting um your work to your your class, you're maybe worried that you've got it wrong you're going to come across really silly and stupid and people might laugh at you and some people can feel really uncomfortable being like stuck in a room with strangers or in large in large crowds like meeting new people um and it can they can also like maybe feel anxious about eating in front of people for example like some people but then other people might not it might not manifest in that way with some other people so I think it is really important to be aware that how it affects me and how it affects you might be quite different and the severity as well and I do agree with what you were saying about it can change over time as well you get your own I suppose techniques and what works for you and how you've managed to calm yourself down from a situation and in the most extreme cases um with social anxiety people might actually avoid the situation altogether so I think certainly if you are suffering with social anxiety and you're putting yourself in that situation that is something to be so proud of um, because it'd be very easy just to be like, oh, I'm not going to come or like, I'm not going to do that. And then you just, you do build it up more and more in your head and, you know, you've not gone to one thing, so then it's much easier to not go to the next thing. And before you know it, you've not gone to 10 things and then, you know, then it's really, really serious and it can stop people going to the university, to work and it can obviously quite quickly escalate. But putting yourself in that situation and, like you said, being kind to yourself, like no one is going to think as badly about you as you yeah, do yeah. of yourself. But it's so hard to to change that perspective and, and mindset because it's natural to be critical of yourself. Of course it is. And I think it's important to acknowledge as well that feeling anxious at times is normal and it is okay. And it's great that we're doing things like this, that we are openly talking about it, you know, 
few years ago, this probably this podcast probably wouldn't have happened. And um, we wouldn't have been so open about it. So I just wondered if you guys have any tips for our listeners about managing anxiety in social settings and what has helped you get through it. And I think what has helped me get through it is constantly putting myself in the situations where I don't want to be uh, in terms of social situations, social gatherings. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of social gatherings, but I think, I think when you start going out with the people you're comfortable with and to the places you're comfortable, it helps a lot. You know, and you can start small. You can just, you know, hang out with a friend or two friends, go to a place you really like and have, you know, like your normal conversations. And then from there, gradually move on to, you know, a, a bigger gathering and then like a proper social event. I think that has helped me a lot. But constantly putting yourself out there is what gets you going. Because like you said, it's you say no to one thing and then it's the other and it's the other and then it escalates to a point where you just want to avoid everything in general. And that's not the way to go about it. It's okay to feel what you're feeling, but you also have to know how to identify it and how to kind of get around the problem. I feel like as human beings, we're most comfortable on autopilot, on doing things that we're just used to doing, the same routine, same sort of situations. And so when something is uncomfortable or something is new or something is not what you planned, your brain instantly goes into panic mode, into anxiety mode, into um, just thinking, okay, what do I do now? I don't have a plan for this. That's why I feel like it's important to keep putting yourselves in that situation, obviously with limits, taking your brain out of autopilot every once in a while, making sure that you are getting new experiences, you're getting to know yourself, you're getting to know others at the same time. I think it's really important to sort of keep your brain stimulated like that because it is very comfortable to stay comfortable on autopilot and just stay there and stay at home and not want to go out and not want to meet new people it's so easy to do that it's so easy to fall into that pattern so actively taking the, the the moves to to move forward and to do things that make you uncomfortable is i feel like the best solution to overcoming it there's no stigma in getting help like i think that's something that needs to be um you know, normalized a bit more in the sense that, you know, sometimes I have had students who, who are doing all of that, but it's still, they can't, they can't figure it out themselves or manage themselves. And, you know, if it means um, speaking with somebody that's perhaps, the, you know, more of an expert in the field to give them these smaller strategies or um, even a sounding board, a confidant and whatnot, I think that there's two things that's A, you know, as I said, these initiatives are great because it's just making it seem like it's not as uncommon. It's not a stigma. Um, and, not, and not being shy to get it. You know, it's resources are there. I say, look, if we broke our leg, we're not going to sit at home and just hope it gets better or, you know, wrap it around. We'd go to the doctor and put a cast on our leg. So why shouldn't that apply if it, with, if with respect to something that we are feeling in our heads? And we can get that resources. I feel like opening up to someone about having your social anxiety or having someone who encourage you or push you to have those um, or, or just push you to, you know, uh, be a part of social events could actually help. For me, I feel like whenever I have a social event to attend, I, I go to my mom and talk to her about, look, I have an event coming up and I'm, and I'm actually anxious about it. And she helps me. She encourages me saying, it's fine. You have to push yourself to this. And I know that you can do it. And those small talks or, or, or just uh, 
calming yourself down actually helps. Yeah, and I think like another thing that can be really helpful as well, I really like what you said about make, breaking it down into small chunks, doing something really small, and it can gradually become something bigger. And before you know it, you've overcome this situation all on your own. But something that I personally find really helpful is, like you say, opening up to someone and having a conversation with someone and someone that you trust as well, like having that safe space that you can talk to whether it's your best friend or whoever it is, and even getting them to come along to the event with you and almost having them um, to help you and make sure you're okay during the situation as well. I can find that really helpful and like a comfort as well that you know like maybe if you're in a room of like 10 people that you don't know but you know that one person if you really really trust them that they're going to look after you that with them you can get through that situation and then hopefully you'll have had a positive experience and then the next time the situation like that arises hopefully you feel a little bit less nervous and anxious about it. And I think like it's so important to remember that certainly at the university as well, like you are never alone. There's so many services and people that want to help you have the best experience at university. Like we have the university counselling service that's open to all of you guys here in, in Doha as well. And we also have a, like a 24 hour a day, seven days a week helpline um, for students as well to, to reach out to someone. And, and you have wellbeing support on campus as well. And it's really really important that if you do feel alone at any point just to not be afraid to to speak to someone it can sometimes be easier to speak to someone you don't know um but sometimes it can also be easier to speak to someone you do know so it's knowing what works best for you i'm um, just one thing i mean i think is important to mention is how this anxiety manifests so come on you mentioned you know for example it could include that, that big breakdown or panic in a situation, but it can also be uh, hidden in the sense So I'll give you, I mean, very from my own raw experiences, I'm not necessarily from a social anxiety perspective, but anxiety, I have a desire to want to be in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might uh, be somewhat linked to the perfectionism and whether that's anxiety in the workplace is that, you know, if I feel that there's something, I need to have that control over it or as I get very anxious, but you don't see that. And a student said to me the other day, you know, and I, and I said it, and I was referring to something about the hinting to feeling quite anxious. And a student actually said, you would never, I would have never have guessed that yeah. because of, I guess, the way that we either hide it or whether, as I said, it's a form of high functioning anxiety, but it's still, it's still within us, you know. And I think that when we talk about anxiety, yes, it's important because there are the outward behaviors, but there's also internal struggles. But because nobody sees it, we have to be our own check to know, you know what, this is getting a bit too much. Irritability can be mm-hmm. a big one of that. I need to now pause and stop. So in that way, I guess we are we have to manage that a little bit because nobody else will say, you know, well, I notice you're feeling a bit because you're putting it off so well, right? You're doing it so well. So um, I think just to just be mindful of that and when we're feeling those waves. I think. Yeah, it can often be the people that come across the most confident. Yeah. That are suffering the most yeah. with anxiety yeah. and as you say like people if you're like you've said openly people are like oh wow I would never have guessed and that can be a comfort to people as well and then empowering for them to feel that once you've opened up about your experience then they feel empowered that oh this is this person's a safe person that I can talk to them and they can open up about their experience and I think that's just really really valuable for everyone to have 
you know, if we all speak openly about it as much as we can, because I know it can be difficult to speak openly about things that we're personally struggling with, but having that open conversation, you can help not only yourself, but others around you. From a classroom perspective, you know what you described that in the sense that you feel it, you stop coming to class and you stop continue to mm-hmm. stop coming in the sense whether it is, you know, services we provide. If you are comfortable to speak to your course coordinator, whether it's your personal tutor who's not teaching you per se, and baby steps, as you said, okay, come to class, but don't speak. Come to class, maybe share a link to say, you know, I wasn't comfortable speaking today, but I found this really interesting link that can help. And I think as course coordinators, we value the participation does not need to be oral. Yeah. And some students are amazing at it. They love it. Others are still thinking they're doing the work. And so I think just if if your course coordinators are aware of that, um, they would be a lot more open. You know, you're still participating in them. Absolutely. I mean, thank you guys so much for taking part in this episode and sharing your personal experiences as well. I know that it sometimes is really tricky as well. And you guys have been amazing and I'm sure we'll have helped people who listen to this episode hopefully feel a little bit less alone and um, hopefully they have some tips as well that they might be able to implement in their own lives that will help reduce any anxiety that they have. I'd just like to say to our listeners that um, we will leave the information to the support and well-being information in the episode description. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the episode as much as I have. Take care and bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.